Welcome to Dial It Up. I'm Mike Nada. And I'm Randy Redekoff. The series of podcasts contains a, a number of conversations we've had with educators about the role of digital technology in the classroom. All right, welcome to, the, uh, to this episode of Dial It Up with uh, Mike Nada and myself, Randy Redekoff. Tonight's guest is Brian Cameron. Brian... Uh, has for the last 11 years been the principal of the Louis Riel Arts and Tech Center. And that's a pretty neat place to be. Um, but we're here hoping to talk to Brian about esports in Manitoba and get uh, a handle on what's going on, who's involved, and uh, you know, anything else we should know about it. Brian, what, do you want to say anything else about yourself? Uh, no, I've been an administrator for, this is actually my 19th year now, and uh, been at the same school for the last 11 years. Um, getting involved in something like this sort of fits into who I am, and just as, it was a natural progression. Um, I don't know if you want to hear the history of how things kind of started in Manitoba, but um, it literally, it did start at my school, and that's how I became involved, because we had, um, I have 13 different programs because it's a strictly vocational or career high school and 13 programs going. And this game League of Legends had become very popular. And if you play video games, you know a lot about it. Well, a couple of programs challenged each other to play during the school day. And we are, because of the nature of our building, we actually have two parts of the building that exist outside the regular network. So it meant that we could actually run this game uh, and not be at run interference with our uh, IS department. And I'm not judging the IS department because they have the reasons for blocking the things that they do. And, 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 and anyways, so they challenged each other to play this game. Well, one of the two programs was actually the broadcast media program. So they actually decided they were going to stream this game on YouTube. Well, we had more people watch this game on YouTube than we did watch the Winnipeg High School football championships, which we also streamed. So we, it just started us thinking, well, holy cow, this is very popular. Like, so where could this go? Well, one of the kids in one of the teams decided he was going to ask his friends back at his home high school because our students actually still belong to their home high schools. They just come to us for vocational training. So before you know it, we had a challenge between my school and Glenlawn Collegiate. And then from there, their friends told other kids. And before you know it, we actually had a, this, this uh, individual competition going by the end of the year. That my information systems department, my ICE department actually opened up, sort of opened up the network so that we were able to play. So it, it sort of started all that way. And it's grown from that. From that perspective, and it's been a real fun thing to be part of. Um, Brian, just a, a question, if we could back up a bit. I wonder if you could explain for people like me a bit more what what is esports? Like, what what does it entail? How does it work? Yeah. In it, uh, to put it very simply, esports is playing video games in a competitive sense, and that now. We have kids who are representing something more than just playing 
joining teams online. They're now representing their home high school. They may have teams that they're playing. Uh, so esports can involve like organizations. It's kind of like I liken it to community club basketball and and high school basketball, where you can have kids playing high school basketball or community club basketball. Uh, they're all playing for an organization. They represent a team, but one, now they're playing these really popular uh, online video games and representing their schools playing them. And it's it's exploded. It is absolutely exploded, Mike. Like it's it's incredible how big this has actually become. And we're in some ways is kind of in ways kind of behind the ball. Like we're catching up, but we're catching up. But in a nutshell, it's video games. The kids are playing video games. Okay, when you say it's exploded, uh, what are the numbers like now? Well, I'll give you an example. Um, in There's a game that we, we're getting ready to play now called League of Legends, and the very last League of Legends World Championship, because this game is played by a, a huge number of people, was viewed online by over 100 million people, which is more than the last Super Bowl. I mean, that's how popular it is. There are universities and colleges in North America that now have their own college and university teams that compete against each other. They give scholarships. Mm -hmm. Some of them have built small theater, small arenas for esport competitions because it's become so popular. Major tech companies like Dell have become interested We've had conversations with Dell Canada. They've become interested in becoming part of this. They want to become part of this because of how big this has got. And, you know, of course, computer games are driving an increase in technology. So there's a real interest in um, not just the playing, but the supporting them and becoming part of it. It's yeah. it's a significant industry. How big is it in Manitoba? Well, it's hard to judge right now because we are just getting going. And as an organization, as you can imagine the Manitoba High School Esports Association has no money because we just got started. So really everything that we're doing right now is word of mouth. Um, but it's been really interesting over the last two weeks, two, three weeks, we've, I've had more phone calls about esports in Manitoba from schools and school principals even than I've had in the past three, three and a half years. I think it's going to start to really grow. But the most of what they've said is that they just didn't even know it existed. For me to put a number on it in Manitoba, I can't, I can't answer that completely uh, because we don't know yet. Um, but, you know, in a couple of years when we start to really get some traction, I think I'd be able to answer that question better. But I got to believe it's popular. Well, how many schools have your kids competed against? Last year, the League of Legends... Uh, um, season or had uh, 19, high, 19 teams from, I think it was 14, 15 high schools across the province, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's a big number. Yeah. yeah. And right now we're playing a game called Rocket Me. And there is, uh, I believe, 19 teams again, but 14 or 15 high schools. Uh, and all, again, across Manitoba. Mostly centered in Winnipeg, but we've had teams all across Manitoba. Well, that's one of the beauties of it, right? You don't have to travel. You don't have COVID concerns. You don't have to travel. You don't have to book referees. You don't have to book um, uh, venues. 
you know, like you're not, you're not competing for gym time somewhere. Yeah. Um, the, the, the most difficult challenge for us has been that the expectation is that these kids are playing in the same space. Now, as you can imagine, during pandemic times, we can't, that can't happen. So for this year and for the foreseeable future until this passes, kids are competing from home. But the expectation in the future, once we get back to some semblance of normalcy, is that these kids will compete at school in the same room, supervised immediately by a teacher or a coach or somebody like that. Um, well, that would make it a lot more exciting, yeah. Well, it makes it more exciting, but also there's a certain, to be honest with you, when you when a kid's competing from home, we don't know exactly who's competing. And when you when they're sitting in front of a teacher, you yeah. know who's competing. Would the idea be to have um, different schools come together in one area, like in, let's say in a, you know, in your school and have several teams together so that then the teams could actually, you know, meet each other and kind of socialize yeah. that. Way and it's interesting because it's interesting you bring that up, Mike, because uh, before the pandemic, uh, uh, um, two years ago this spring, okay, if you're following my train of thought here, uh, so the um, that would be 2019. We had a, cha- a League of Lab- Le- Legends championship. We held it at my school, and we did bring all of the teams in. And um, and at that time, because of the number of teams that were competing, everybody made the playoffs, and everybody came to the school. So uh, and was supported by my school division. I mean, it was very, it was tremendous how much actually. They, they made things happen for us, which was fantastic. Um, so we, we had, at that point in time, it was, um, uh, I think it was nine high schools. Uh, and, but we had them all in different classrooms around my building. And then we set up the gymnasium with chairs and we had a big screen set up. And at any point in time, the kids could go in and we had kind of a feature game running on the screen. So the kids could go in and watch the game. And so for the championship, what we didn't do yet was we didn't have them all in the same space looking at each other, but they were physically in the same building. So they went through this round robin to make it to the final. And some really interesting things happened. Like I, these kids found this collegiality that I hadn't seen so quickly in my entire teaching career, being involved in schools. Like um, without us even asking them to, they, um, they just uh, created this culture where at, after every game, they would go down and congratulate each other at the front of the building. They would leave their, their classrooms where they were competing and they would go, you know, congratulate the winners would congratulate, you know, the losers would congratulate the winners and there would be this real collegiality, a real sportsmanship part to it. Um, and so what we saw was that that was a real positive thing that we hadn't seen before. Um, and so uh, we have plans to do that again once all of this is gone. Um, and we, we're either going to do it at a school or we're going to do it uh, possibly connecting with the uh, Manitoba Esports, which is a separate organization that exists outside of the, the school area. That, that's encompassing all of uh, uh, sort of competitive esports in Manitoba in general. And they're connecting to the national level too. So the, the hope is to do that. Yeah, It's really neat to hear that part of it because – you know, we often hear games getting a bad rap, you know, in, in the media and so on. So it's, it's neat to hear that it brings those kids together and, and allows them 
you know, some way to compete in a friendly environment like that. Yeah. I know I've got a grandson who's currently 10 who I think this is right up his alley. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and let's, let's be real though. There have been challenges with kids who just play too much. Uh, you can't get them off the video consoles or their computers at home. And that presents, that, that has consequences that are going to affect them, you know, either school wise or even just health wise. I mean, it does happen. Uh, so there is concerns about that, which we as, a, as, a, as an organization, the Manitoba High School Esports Association, uh, we, we, we tell kids that we expect them to play uh, to a reasonable level and to be that they are, they are become just like a student athlete. That, you know, if they're not going to be, uh, we expect the schools to send the message that if a, if a student, if the student part comes first and that they are expected to uh, do uh, get through their academics and do their schoolwork and, and and do what's expected of them, or not be part of the, of the team because that's uh, it's a it's a bonus to be part of the team. It's not something that we do just to keep just to make a team happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know that that's expected of student athletes. There's no reason it shouldn't happen with these kids also. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the bonuses of um, school organizations. Yes, whether it be drama clubs or choirs or sports teams or you know in this case esports is that there is a bit of that oversight if you will to try to yeah. promote you know yeah. academics as well as you know a balance within the lifestyle I, I i will tell you that through all of this uh um, i i don't play much anymore if at all uh, i'm just part of the organization to help it grow that's my uh, what i'd like to believe is my role anyway um but the, what I've learned out of this is that there's this significant culture that exists, this gamer culture that I was not aware of, that I've, I've learned exists out there that uh, I've become aware of. And that there is good parts to it and there are challenging parts to it that we're addressing with the kids also. You know, it, there's, a, there's a real intolerance and then there's a real acceptance of kids in there and there is bullying that happens and then there's support that happens from amongst the kids in themselves. So... Uh, we're, we're talking to the kids about being good citizens, which we want to be part of our organization also. It's not just to play games, but to represent themselves, their schools, and, and to be good competitors. So that is an ex- expectation of what we're doing also. Hey, Brian, you probably should have anticipated this question given uh, my role in girls and gaming, but, and I'm sure you don't have numbers, do you have a sense of the male-female ratio? It, the female ratio continues to be very low. Um, there are girls who play. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, you know, I come back, there's a couple of females who have significant leadership roles in the Manitoba Esports Association. Um, and they're doing a fantastic job. And, you know, I, 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 I give them credit for, you know, and, and I, interesting enough, I had a conversation with one of them today and, you know, dealing with some of that sexist uh, rhetoric that exists in this world. And it's magnified when you're sitting on a microphone at your computer and you don't actually see the face of the person, but they've, you know, they're, they, they're, uh, they have a little, they have thick skin, so they are able to make it through it, but that doesn't always happen. And that does uh, prevent some of our uh, potential players from getting, uh, getting into it. And, you know, girls, I don't know how much they're encouraged to play. 
We have an interesting rule with the Manitoba High School Esports Association with every single one of our sports. So depending upon the game, we, we say the high school is allowed to, to field a certain number of teams unless they field an entirely uh, female or combination of uh, LB, uh, transgender LBGQ2, then they can field one more. And that is to hopefully encourage uh, females or uh, somebody who identifies as something else to become part of gaming and, and understand that we're accepting of whoever wants to play. So it, it is a very good question and it is a big challenge and it continues to be a challenge. Well, it's good to hear that you're actually looking at it uh, in tangible ways. Yeah, and the people that I work with right now, the people on, my, uh, on our executive committee, this is one of the first things that we came up with. And, uh, and so it's not just me, like I got to give credit also to the executive committee who said this is important to us and who we want to represent. So it, we, this is almost one of the first things we came up with. Um, generally, how many, like, when you talk about a team, how many kids does that entail? Or is it like so many play the game at a time? And Yeah, it depends work? upon the sport. Like League of Legends, five competed at, at the same time. Uh, so, and usually we encourage the teams to have a couple of spares at least. Because <laughs> um, interestingly enough, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, we've dealt with many situations where a team will field or, or register eight players and on game day, they don't have enough to play. So we've encouraged them to make sure that they are, these, the kids are committed and that they are, they have enough to play just in case that somebody can't play. Um, you know, rocket league, it's three, three players per team. So, you know, the, you, you need to take a look at how many you believe you need for spares. And so we leave that up to the coaches, but we recommend at least two. Uh, and, and it can vary from school to school. Speaking of coaches, it, it's interesting that we're probably at a point where there are a number of people who are able to coach because you know, they have been gamers and they've seen stats that say the, the uh, most avid gamers are males in their mid-30s. Yep. So they, they are actually prepared and sent, you know, I don't know if we have coaching schools for esports, but uh, they're certainly knowledgeable about games and gaming. Well, I think, and it's interesting you say that because we do have a couple of teams where the coaches are just teachers in the building who supervise the kids while they play. One of the most interesting things that came out of this for me actually is the fact that um, this allows the kids to show some real leadership while they're playing because they're the ones taking the lead when a coach doesn't know anything about the game. I played League of Legends once for a space of about 10 minutes, and I really had it handed to me. Like it was, the kids were laughing in the room at me as I just, it was silly. It was silly. I just wanted to get a flavor of the game. But when I, so I just said, I'll be in the room while you guys play. I just expect you to behave. That's my only rule. Um, and I and I I appointed a couple of captains and I said you guys have to be leaders and they did. They rose to it. They guided the kids. They created the strategy. They had they they met beforehand. They take there's ways to determine look at your opponent's skill and their strengths and their weaknesses and they they had strategy sessions. I mean so 
it gives the it gave these kids an opportunity to actually show the leadership themselves and they know they know how to do this well enough that you know you can th these teams can run without necessarily having a coach and i put that in quotation marks who is experienced in the games um we have coaches we have we have teacher coaches who follow the kids who play a video game but maybe don't play a video game that they're supervising even but just know that this has been this is good for kids and so they, 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 they sit there and they support them. Trying to figure out how to word my, uh, my last question would be, <clears throat> how many, is this, is this something for kids who um, are not playing basketball, volleyball in the drama uh, choir music, or is there some crossover there that you're aware of, um, or is it a fairly exclusive one thing that I will say that I've seen is there tends to, I would say it would be more kids in my experiences, more kids who are not your mainstream athletes that play. And so as, as much as that sounds generalistic, that that's what I would say has been my experience so far, but hearing from my other colleagues at other schools, there can be a mix. You get some athletes who love playing these games, who love playing these video games who are actually quite good. And so one other thing that's come out of it is that these kids who may not normally in the past have had something to talk about are now actually communicating because they have, they've learned they do have something in common. Uh, and so you've got a kid who, who in, a, in a couple of schools, these kids have been a big basketball player, but has competed in this game also. And so now they're competing, this, this, this one kid and this other kid who didn't talk much before are now talking quite a bit because they've learned that they both play these games. So we have, we have seen that, but overall it's the kids who are not athletes that are not playing on um, your, 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 your athletic teams that are, that are, are filling up and populating our school teams. Yeah. Interesting. We think back to uh, being a principal and teaching in a smaller school, a rural school that there was a lot of overlap between you know, students playing and taking part in different activities that, you know, how that would roll out in a smaller school, whether there'd be more of that overlap. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I'm just looking up um, because I thought there was a gaming group at the Brandon University and there is a gaming association that um, the description says that, you know, they even have tournaments and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how it's growing and, not all universities in Canada yet are giving out scholarships um, and not, and I should say actually in the United States either, but it is growing dramatically. And um, there are competitive teams at most major universities now in North America, and, and especially in the United States, growing in Canada, not as quickly because of the way we typically run our scholarship system to start with, but um it is happening and it is growing and, and they're fielding teams, even if they're not some scholarships, you know, organizations are growing organically on their own within the universities. Kids are just getting it going. The, the current people that were, are running the Manitoba esports organization were part of the U of M esports association before they moved, graduated and moved on. So, you know, things are happening at that level also. Nice. So, Brian, when, when we're going to wrap up here. We've taken a good chunk of your time, and we certainly appreciate the, the introduction to this. Um, but we'd like to leave our listeners with uh, 
something to ponder, you know, a question or a comment, um, you know, what, what, what should people be thinking about after they uh, finish listening to this podcast? Well, I hope that they would think about how they can find a way to get uh, an opportunity like this going for kids at their school because there is a lot of value for it. Uh, I would hope that they could see uh, something that maybe they didn't see before and look past some of the, uh, you know, the pretenses, the, uh, their preconceived notions about gamers and what's happening with gamers and, and understand how this is, could actually be good for kids. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to make this too long, but, you know, giving kids an opportunity to represent their school in, in, a, in, a, in a, when they, you know, five years ago, that may not have been there, has been a tremendous eye-opener for me. Because we've got kids who've gotten really excited about the chance to uh, represent their school, which didn't happen before because of esports. So I'm hoping that people will actually step back and take a look at this and say, okay, uh, how is it that this is actually good for kids? And, and what can I do to make it happen, even if I don't play the game? Yeah, and that's so, an important point. You don't have to be good at games. Yep. You just need to be a support. Yep. Excellent. Now, do you have a website uh, yep. people can go to? Now, and I'll give you a little warning, it, it, it's updated sporadically because we're strictly volunteer, but as we get closer to season starting, uh, it gets updated, but it's uh, mhsea.ca, so Manitoba High School Esports Association, mhsea.ca, and uh, as of today, we actually have information about our League of Legends invitational uh, event taking place in the spring. And so we're looking to grow that with some more high schools. Um, and I think it's going to happen, but looking forward to it. So go and check it out. Okay. I'll put that link in the uh, blurb that goes with the podcast. Okay. Hopefully people will uh, check it out. All right. I hope so. Yep. Uh, that's been really interesting, Brian. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. It's, I've learned a lot and um, yeah, as a, it just opens up those opportunities that you're talking about. So yeah. thanks a lot for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Good. Good. Good to see you again, Brian. It's been a long time. It's been a while. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And thanks to the Manitoba Association for Computing Educators, Manace, for sponsoring these podcasts. And thanks too to Tofu Stravinsky for the soundtrack. See you next time. Thank you.